I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the number 1,857th most popular health and fitness podcast on the internet. (laughs) It's the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney. No, my name is Matt. Who am I with? My name is Courtney. Did you drink coffee this morning? I don't drink coffee. <laughs> you know, Courtney, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. So we are here today to talk about what to do when you've hit a plateau. Yes. The word plateau gets thrown around a lot in well, in the weight loss circles and the health and fitness circles. And it's understandable because everyone hits plateaus at some time. Mm. I think we can agree on that. Courtney? Yes. What do we mean by plateau? Plateau is where you will stop making change. You sort of hit, you seem to hit a bit of a limit and then you just stay at that same limit for for quite a while. And what do you mean by limit? Well, you sort of, you sort of hit a benchmark and then that's, that's just where you, you, you stay. You don't stop making improvements. You stop making gains in the gym. You stop getting through your your workouts easier, you you stop making physical change, you sort of just stop all round, really. All right, that's fair. So last week we spoke about getting back on track. Yes. This week we're speaking about plateaus. It can be easy to confuse the two and assume they're the same. But last week was more about getting back on track after losing your shit. Yes. So to speak. That's the technical term (laughs) where you basically go off the rails, go off the deep end and how to get back on track after you lose your shit. This week talking about plateaus, we do mean talking about what to do when it seems that the results are no longer happening. So you may have lost that first 20 kilos, 25 kilos or whatever, and all of a sudden it feels like it is ground to a halt. Mm-hmm. That's the difference, and that's what we're going to get stuck into this week. So, Courtney, if I can ask you, have you ever hit a plateau before? Oh, 100%. I've hit several, actually, over my four years so far. Uh, I think the first one that I can remember was after my first 12 weeks, actually. Mm -hmm. So my first 12 weeks, I made some really good gains. I had some fantastic before and after photos. Obviously, the after photos were not where I, the exact point I wanted to be at, but they, I was really happy with the change. You could see a noticeable difference. And then I just stopped making improvements after that. Okay. So when Courtney first started with me when I was her trainer, before she fell madly in love with me. <laughs> God. Yeah, her first 12 weeks were really, really good. Yes. The second 12 weeks, it did seem like she hit a plateau. Yeah. And there was a lot of frustration. 
if I recall correctly. In fact, I think there were some tears. Oh, lots of tears. I'm a crier, for sure. There were some tears. It seemed like Courtney was getting very frustrated with what was or should that be was not happening. So we had to we had to refine a few things. And I can give a, a personal example myself very recently. In fact, we're talking the last month to month and a half where it has felt like the progress I was making had slowed down in terms of the clothes mm. weren't fitting any differently. I couldn't see any more changes in the mirror. So as Courtney and I mentioned last week, we went and signed up at a big gym in the nearby area to get out of our own gym and you know change the location. But also really the biggest difference I think has been upping the training intensity. And we certainly have done that. And I can feel the difference in two weeks. Oh, yeah. I can feel and see the difference yeah. in two weeks. So that was a, a very recent example of a plateau that I hit. And I addressed it by training or getting more out of out of myself. Yeah. So I think along both of our, our journeys, Matt, we can, we can talk a lot about personal experiences that we've felt. I want to go back a little bit to hitting plateaus, which are easy to do I feel would you agree that they're easy to do well everyone hits a plateau everyone I mean you look at how the different forms they come in they can be as simple as I'm no longer getting stronger in the gym or it could be oh my fitness isn't improving or my recovery isn't as good as it used to be mm. from my training sessions and there's obviously the big one, the elephant in the room, I'm no longer changing which I think is a result really of the first ones you mentioned. So I think hitting plateaus in the gym, hitting plateaus with fitness levels, hitting plateaus with with accountability or with with uh, changing our bad habits, all that tends to result in our plateau in physical change. Okay, so Courtney, where do you think these can come from? So we've got strength levels, performance, lack of physical change. Where do you think the cause can be? Well, you've also got things like uh, bad habits, as I mentioned, stop making progress in changing some of your bad habits to good ones. Okay. You've got definitely in terms of food, so that's where a lot of our bad habits are based in the first place. Uh, not making, not continuing to make more optimal food choices. Mm. I think that complacency is a huge one that we speak about often. Oh, is it ever? Yeah. And it affects so many people. I think everyone. Where. It has for me. I know it has for you. Absolutely. I yes. don't know if we've ever trained anyone that has gone through a, a period of complacency. I think it's. I think it's human nature. So I think that that's a massive one, and that and that's really what it comes down to. I think that that a, a big problem, and that a big problem that I see a lot is for a lot of people when they start making changes. Of course, and we speak about it all the time. You don't want to change everything at once. That's one of the worst things that you can do is try to change everything at, at once. Why? Because it's it's not sustainable. It's too much to take on it to is, start it, off yeah. with. It is so too much too soon. You do have to break it down into steps. And, and, that, and that is a perfect way to start. The problem then becomes that you, you take that first step and you change up where maybe you didn't go to the gym before and now you are going to the gym. Great. You were eating takeaway every night and now you're not eating takeaway every night or you're eating takeaway only two times a week, for example. 
of course you are going to see changes in your body because your body is not used to what you're doing to it. It's seeing it's going to react to the positive things that you're getting it to do. You're getting it to move. You're getting it to be more active. You're stop putting so much processed junk into it. So of course you're going to see fantastic change. However, I think the massive complacency comes where people stop at step one. So they see that change and that was my big problem four years ago when I first started. I saw that change and I stopped. I thought, perfect. I've hit the nail on the head. This is all I've got to do. Ah, okay. And so nobody then stops to think, okay, I've nailed step one, but... Now let's move on to step two. Yeah, so and let's make more improvements. So what Courtney's saying there, and you know, you tell me, Courtney, if you think I'm on the on the right track with this. What Courtney's saying there is that she was doing Plan A, and Plan A got her result A. Yes. But she then wanted to get result B, which was something a bit further along the lines, but she didn't move on to Plan B. If that makes sense. That's right. You get complacent in the results that you've already got. And you start thinking that what you're doing is enough. Well, I know that there is there is the it is the eighty twenty rule does apply with this, where the first eighty percent of your results will take twenty percent of the work, but then it flips over. Mm. The final twenty percent that's going to make you look really really good is eighty percent of the work. So let's Courtney, let's break this down step by step. So talking about plateaus. Mm. We've got training plateaus in the gym. Yes. And we've got physical plateaus, as in I'm not changing. Mm. Let's start with training plateaus in the gym. Where do you think they can come from in your experience? Training plateaus in the gym, I think, well, I think most plateaus are going to have some sort of complacency component to them. I think that's just a given. Then you take it a step forward further and you look more in depth about why you're being complacent. So it could be things like not keeping records of your training in the gym. So if you're not keeping records of what you did last week, you're going to come in the next week and potentially just do the same thing. So you're not getting better every week because you're not keeping accurate records of what you did the last time you were in the gym. Sometimes it comes down, I think, to structure. I mean, Matt and I, you know that... We plan our workouts right down to almost the minute. We know how long roughly it's going to take us to do it. We know exactly what we're going to do before we even step foot in the gym. Um, I, I, I think to me, they're the biggest ones when you, come, when you talk about pro- progress in terms of training. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with Courtney there a little bit. I don't think that the lack of structure necessarily comes from complacency. There is there is a complacency element in terms of you it can be natural for people to take the foot off the pedal. Oh yeah. I think often a lack of structure can just come down to a lack of education. So if we haven't said it before, I'll definitely make the point right now that recording what you're doing in the gym is essential. Absolutely essential because you look at weight training, for example, weight training is at its most effective on your body when you are gradually improving your strength. Mm. Now, I'm not talking about 
adding 30 kilos every week to your bench press, it can be as little as half a kilogram, mm. a really small number. But we're human. We're not going to remember every little number from our last training session. For example, if you said to me, Matt, on your last session, did you bench press 110.25 kilograms or 110.5 kilograms? I wouldn't have a bloody clue. But that's why we write it down. So I think the first step is if you are plateauing in the gym and you don't feel like you're getting stronger, are you recording your numbers to begin with? Do you know what you did exactly last week? So you can strive to beat it even by the most small amount the next time you're in there. Because if a person is making even a strength improvement, let's say half a kilogram to a kilogram on an exercise per week, not a massive number, but you push that forward over 12 months. If someone's improving, you take a female. If a female's adding one kilogram a week to her deadlift over a year, she's going to have a pretty strong deadlift by the end of the year, especially if she's already conditioned and well-trained. That's an extra 50 kilos on your deadlift. If you've added 50 kilos to your deadlift, you are going to look different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where, as you said, those, those smaller weights can come in real handy because obviously we're trying to overload without affecting the form. So what Courtney's talking about there is, and she just mentioned it there, Court, with small weights. Often a plateau can come from in the gym, especially with your weights, you can be looking at trying to jump to too, too big a gap. Mm-hmm. So I've seen some people where they will go, well, I did this weight on my squats last week. This week, I'll add an extra 10 kilos. If you're working to your capacity, that's not going to happen. So a lot of gyms, especially the real good ones, will have what are called fractional plates or micro weights where they're decimals, like a quarter of a kilogram. Yeah, 0.25. 0.5, 0.75, and one. Those little micro weights, if your gym has them, I'd be looking for them. Those little things can be plateau busters by themselves. Oh, yeah. Because I know for me... In, in years past where I've worked out at gyms that haven't had them, I've had to increase my weights by, let's say, two and a half kilos, which if I'm really working hard, that's a big jump. Huge. Massive jump, especially on certain exercises where you're not going to get much muscle mass behind it, like I say, an overhead shoulder press. Yeah. But if I can increase it by, say, half a kilogram, it's still progression. Mm. It's still making your body work you know, with a harder or heavier load, but it's not going up so much that you can't do it so in terms of training yeah you've got in this case the the micro weights the fractional plates that the gyms have and just recording your data because you can't expect to remember everything that you've done and you can't expect to make progress if you don't know where you were previously and i know for me when i first started recording my numbers in the gym within two years i literally tripled my deadlift strength Mm. and i've got the numbers still on the computer that show those. Yeah, and I think they're fantastic points. And I think before we move on to the next point you made, which was in terms of physical change, while we're still on the exercise, I think it's a really good one to note. And I'll I'll let Matt talk about this one because I know you've got personal experience about it, Mm. which is overtraining and how that can affect a plateau as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Overtraining is, is real. There'll be some people out there that will say to you, overtraining is a myth. That's fine, but the science disagrees with that. 
overtraining does exist. It can lead to some really negative effects. You know, I actually might put this in the show notes page too on the website, theweightlosspodcast.com. Uh, good reading about about overtraining, but overtraining can lead to plateaus because it's going to impede your recovery. Mm. So if you're if you're doing so many exercise sessions that you physically can't recover in time to gradually increase the weights in the gym, something's going wrong. Mm. Is that where injuries then come in, and that can also lead well, it, to well, plateaus? Well, injury, like well of course, injuries can come into it. Um, but the first initial sign is you're not getting stronger. Mm. From recovery. You're not, we're not recovering in time. So if you're not getting stronger over the course of an 8, 10, or 12-week training block, something is going wrong here. Mm. Your training blocks should always show a level of progression. This is where you, it comes back full circle, back around to having that d- data writing it down mm. and being able to look back on it. Oh, you need you need you need to record the information, mm. but if you find that you're struggling to recover and your strength in the gym isn't improving, you may need to actually back off the volume of your training sessions, especially it's normal, okay? Let's say you wake up one day and it's like, "You know what? It's time. Mm. I'm going to go join a gym." I'm going to stop shoving crap into my face. I'm going to work and get in the best shape of my life. It's normal to then go, okay, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week and I'm going to do two sessions a day and awesome, I'll lose weight super fast and two weeks later, I'm sore, I'm tired, I feel weak, I can't do shit, do less. Mm. Less is more. No one that trains with any sort of intensity got a result from under-training Sorry, no one got a bad result from undertraining, mm. but anyone that overtrains is going to feel it. Sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you. So, like I said, if you find that you're not getting any stronger in the gym and you don't feel like you're recovering, it might be time to back it off slightly. Mm. And I know, Courtney, I've had to do that with clients in the gym. Yes. Where I've gone to them, righto, less sessions for a while. In fact, actually, Courtney, you did this recently. Yes. With one of the girls you work with, where had she had what, a couple of days off? Yeah, four days off. Four days off. Doesn't sound like much. No. What a difference. It was over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So she took four days off Friday to Monday. Why'd she take four days off? Started to get fatigued. She was in week ten mm-hmm. of her twelve week weights program. Yep. Her first weights program. So that's not unheard of to get to week 10 having your first weights program oh yeah and start to feel it i mean 10 weeks is a really long time for someone who's never lifted before to be lifting heavy weights to be progressing every week by even the smallest of amounts Mm. so by week 10 she's lifting some pretty decent sized weights yes she is so it's not unheard of and it's not a thing to panic about when you get to week 10 you might be and starting to fatigue a bit. She's starting to fatigue a bit. There's other factors that can come into it. I yep. know she's not overtraining. It's just her body is getting used to this new style of training. And there's also the cumulative effect where if you're training with intensity, mm. sooner or later, you're going to start to feel that it's time for oh, a break. Oh, you need a break, yeah. But, but the point where that Courtney and I are making here is that we gave this client of ours a four-day break no intense training for four days. 
And when she came back into the gym, what a difference. Oh, came back on the Tuesday, ready and raring to go. Well, I saw her on, I saw her on the Monday when I was in oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it was complete beast mode. Like, mm. it was the best I've ever seen, all because a bit of extra rest. She took a couple of days rest. And that's, and that's sometimes what it can come down to. And just need that extra couple of days. And then you can finish off that. She's going to finish off the extra two weeks and she's going to be right as rain. So, yeah, so they, they're all really good examples. All right. So then, Court, let's move on. The next part of a plateau, the big one, in terms of physical change slowing down, mm. can you give some examples of what may cause that? Well, you've got obviously, I think, the training then impacts that, that yes. we've just touched on. What else? I think you've got food intake is a massive one. Okay, yes, that's what we're getting towards. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, there's a lot of different reasons why you could plateau with food well, intake. Let's, let's start with the big easy ones. The One of the ones that is what I mentioned before in terms of making some change and then not continuing to make more. Yeah. So maybe you... Uh, slowly changing your bad eating habits into good ones. Obviously, as we mention all the time, we don't do that all as one time. So maybe you never ate breakfast. So you've decided, yep, I'm going to start eating breakfast. Well done. Perfect. That's a fantastic and significant change. But the moment that change becomes ingrained and it becomes easy to do, you need to move on to the next change to be made. You can't yeah. just stop at that one change and think, oh, because my clothes are feeling looser now, that's all I've got to do. That's, it's still going to have that effect and it's just going to, this is all I've got to do. It does need to be progressive, yeah. doesn't it? And Much like some, in the gym. I think sometimes that's what we can get sucked into. And okay. it's easy to get sucked into because it's happened to me before. You start seeing change and you get so excited and you think, oh, great. I've got, I've got it. I've done it. That's Boom. it. Just, just keep on trucking. I hit the nail on the head. Yeah. This is just what I had to do. The problem is that the body is going to get used to that change and then it's going to plateau. It's yep. going to stop changing. Well, yeah, that's where you talk about, Courtney, refinement mm. in terms of refining what you're doing. So, yeah, as I said before, what Courtney did in her first 12-week program got her a certain result, but it stopped getting results after that, which is where Courtney had to refine what she was doing. So, you know, training harder, but also more accountability with what you are putting into your body away from the gym. So that's often, that is often where big plateaus happen because the habits that are being addressed at home aren't being progressively addressed. One that I've seen a lot as well is breakfast, as, as Courtney brought up, breakfast is a, a, a big one. Someone might go from not having breakfast to having, let's say, a protein shake or a smoothie for breakfast. Yeah, high five, well done, that's a step forward, but guess what? Sooner or later, that protein shake or smoothie is gonna have to become actual whole food to really ramp up your metabolism. Yes. Because often a big sign or a big issue with plateaus is that you're no longer developing your metabolism. So that's a big one in terms of breakfast. It can also be Something where if someone is having, and you've had this yourself, if you remember Courtney, Courtney's had this where she's had up to three smoothies a day. Yes. And then you gradually started swapping those out for whole food meals. Yes. As your body was ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. And with that comes an increase in performance. With that tends to come an increase 
in well, in physical change. I think as well, busting through a plateau with your physical change can also come down to the choices you're making with what you're having. So, you know, all of us, we've all been on the earth long enough to know that there's certain foods that we have that our body doesn't quite like. Agree with, yes. I know with Courtney, there are quite a few foods that her body doesn't agree with. With with me, it's not so much any intolerances. It's just, do I feel my best? Do mm. I perform my best? Do I look my best on certain types of foods? So for me, for example, bread. Yeah. If I have bread as my choice of carbohydrate after a training session, I'm going to hit a plateau sooner or later because I don't feel my best no. having wheat-based carbohydrates. No. For example, if I were to switch that over, and I have, to say brown rice, quinoa, or quinoa, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah, and, and that's pretty similar to me as well. I, yep. I do have some intolerance, as you said, but it does come down to as well, what do I feel best on? There's certain things that I may not be intolerant to, like you, but they will tend to make me a bit bloated, make me feel sluggish. So I think the point we're trying to make here is that something else you can look at is with what you're eating, don't be afraid to mix things up. Try out different ingredients, different types of vegetables, different types of fruits, different types of proteins, and record how you're feeling. Yeah, I think that's a massive one there. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say it if you didn't. Mm Mm-hmm which is not only to record what you eat, but to record with that how you felt while eating it. And I did that for a long time while I was trying to figure out what my body did and didn't like in terms of intolerances. And I think that's a really big one, even if you have no intolerances, that it's really, really helpful to have that information. Well, yeah, it's not just intolerances. It is the human body and we're all individuals and we, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Mm. So there are there are certain foods that Courtney and I could have that you may not have, or you may not your your body may not like or perform at its at its peak on these certain types of foods. Mm. I know for myself, Brussels sprouts they work a treat. They do where, not work for me. <laughs> no, where where for Courtney they tend to cause a bit of bloating. Yeah, a bit of stomach pain, which is funny because yeah. I actually don't mind the taste of them, Yeah, which is the first thing everyone says, ooh, Brussels sprouts, but they are actually not bad, but mm. I just can't can't have them. So yep. I think that that's really good points in terms of physical change as well, in terms of food. We are uh, looking at not only what we're eating, but we're recording it, I think is a great point to make, and also trying to refine that as well. And I think that's a great word to use, which is refinement. Yeah. And really, it's going to be a case of listening to your body and paying attention to how it's feeling. So if you're feeling sluggish, if you've slept great and you're feeling sluggish at the gym, what's going in your body that could be causing you to feel sluggish? Because this could be adding up to a plateau. So Courtney, we've spoken about the problems in terms of hitting a plateau, whether it's coming from a training aspect or physical a physical aspect and we've touched on where the problems can come from in the gym where the problems can come from out of the gym let's turn this one around now and start looking at solutions so problems problems yep okay cool problems now, are there. now we're looking at solutions so courtney if i can ask you what's the first tip 
that you'd like to give in terms of overcoming a plateau? I actually think that I would like to give a pretty broad tip first, which is not to panic when you've realized you've hit a plateau. I think a lot of the times plateaus can go unnoticed and that comes back down to that complacency factor. But once you realize you've made a plateau, I think one of the big key things is not to panic and lose your shit and change everything. (laughs) And I think that that is something that a lot of people are guilty of, and I'm going to put my hand up and say that that's, you know, that's definitely been me in the past as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a massive one. Don't lose your shit and just say, well, the whole thing's not working. I need to try something different. Or then you start looking online and, oh, that person's doing this, so that must work. So I'm just going to change everything I've been doing and do that. Sometimes it can be something quite simple. Sometimes it could be something st- staring you right in the face but if you panic and you change everything, you're never going to know what that one little thing would have been that could have changed it. Yep. And the first tip that I want to give is to look, the easiest way to, the easiest thing to address first off is going to be your training. Yes. So is your training structured? Are you doing your weights on certain days? Are you doing any cardio sessions on certain days? Are you recording what you are doing? If you're not, could I recommend getting a diary, a notebook, even having a little file on your phone mm. and just writing down the exercise, writing down the date, writing down the weight, writing down the reps, and watch what happens when you do this over a three, six, nine, twelve month period. If you're recording what you're doing, you are going to see some changes because you're always hopefully going to be looking to push past what you've done previously. Mm. So the first tip I'm going to give is, are you structured and are you recording your information? I think that's a great tip because I'm going to use a similar one for my next tip, which is the same sort of thing, just based around what are you putting into your body? Mm -hmm. As we just spoke about, in terms of food intake, in terms of uh, even liquid intake, what drinks are you drinking? How much water are you drinking? What food are you eating? When are you eating it? And how do you feel at the end of the day when you've eaten it? How do you feel the next morning? As Matt brought up a fantastic point, if you were waking up still feeling tired and sluggish, but you just had eight hours of sleep, why? These are the sort of things that also need to be recorded. And then as well, you can start making refinements, making slight improvements, identifying this data is there for you to then to identify where you can make improvements. Or maybe you might have bad habits that have been staring you in the face, but because you just go on day to day without thinking, that you never actually realize that these bad habits are really become a real problem. So again, sometimes it could be just something simple, staring you in the face, just a bad habit that has unconsciously developed into your day-to-day routine that you can change up. That's uh, That would be my second big tip. Well, I'll also give another one, another tip that I would give to you is have the mindset of you're looking to continue your improvement. Mm, that's a big one. No matter how no matter how good you might be doing something, it can always get better. There's always room for improvement. So keep striving for improvement at every level. And time. No know, know it's gonna take time. Well there's understanding it's gonna take time, of course, mm. but 
striving to be better at what you do on a daily basis, be it in the gym, be it out of the gym. And you'll find just with a bit of a commitment to progression, you can all of a sudden feel that you're starting to pick up momentum. Mm, absolutely. And momentum's a, a very, very big thing. And oh, can also, huge. can I just touch on as well, Courtney spoke before uh, about the important, well, both of us spoke really about the importance of recording your information, recording your workouts, recording what you're putting into your body. I know how overwhelming that can sound. Oh, I know. In yes. terms of, oh, I've got to keep all this information. Take it from me, it gets easier, mm. a hell of a lot easier, and it gets to the point where you don't even think about it. Mm. It's just, this is what I've done, I record it, and I can go back to it whenever I want. Like any habit, it's hard at the start. It's challenging at the start. It's never going to be perfect at well, the start. Well, no, of course not. Probably not ever. But give it time, and what seems very hard and what seems almost overwhelming will eventually become easy. It's just like any other habit. Just do it long enough and it becomes normal. So I understand, well, both of us understand, mm -hmm. if recording the information sounds daunting to begin with, be patient with yourself and give yourself time. I'm rather happy with those tips. Anything yeah, else point. you want to touch on there, no, Courtney? I think that's a huge point uh, that you made as well. I'm glad you made it was because I know as well, for, for me, recording my food especially, I, I find personally, I find recording my training very easy because I take my notepad with me to the gym. I know what training sessions, because they've already been structured, I know what I'm training that day and I know what exercises I'm doing. And it's just all I'm doing is recording the weights and the reps that I do. So that part to me, I've always found rather easy. It's the recording of the food that I find difficult. Why? Because I forget to do it, because it's a habit that I'm still trying to get ingrained in my day-to-day -day routine. It's something that I just don't don't think about doing, but I do know how important it is. So I definitely would um, encourage everyone to not panic on that level, as you said. Yep. Not beat yourself up if you miss a day or if you miss a meal. Um, in terms of writing it down, it will get easier, as you said. Yeah, it does. I'll also, at the uh, at the show notes page, uh, theweightlosspodcast.com, I'll put a really, really good article to read in there called The Six Secrets of a Successful Transformation. I strongly recommend that mm. you have a read of this. It is a very eye-opening article. It's a fantastic article. On, on the, the little things that add up when it comes to an epic change. Mm. So look for that on the weightlosspodcast.com on um, the episode 14 show notes page. And with that, Courtney... It's email time. It's time to move on to emails. So to do something different, well, there's the music. Thank you. <laughs> to do something different, Courtney. Yes. Would you like to read this one? I'll read it. Go Why not? It. Hi, guys. Who's this from, Courtney? Oh, this is from Sarah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, I've already got it wrong. Rookie mistake. That's okay. <laughs> we'll move on. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for sending in your email. Hi, guys. I'm a mum with an 18-month-old baby. I've started working out again at home. Is this going to be enough to get the best results or do I have to join a gym? Can I start uh, with this one? Yes. Okay. No. 
No to what? No, no to is it going to get no, the best results? No, it's not going to be enough to get the best results. So the answer is no and yes. No and yes. No, it's not going to be enough to get the best results, Sarah. And yes, you will have to join a gym. So this actually, good work on us, by the way, getting this email out for this episode because working out at home is a great place to start. Yes. But sooner or later, you are going to hit a plateau because yes. there's only so much you can do at home. So male, female, whatever, we all need the weights room. Mm-hmm. Unless you have, well, unless you've got, unless a you've got a fantastic gym. home gym, mm. a fantastic home gym. Yes, you are going to need to join the gym eventually. Mm. So, for some people, starting off at home is a great, um, or a, ba- a great place to start because it's a confidence builder. Mm-hmm. It's a habit builder. So you've got the habit of movement. You're doing your regular exercise. You're getting a bit more confident with it. But sooner or later, sooner or later, you're going to need access to the real good stuff, which mm. is obviously the weights room at the gym. So Sarah, I would say from from my perspective at the moment, by all means, go for your life working out at home. But when, not if, when you start to feel like you may be hitting that plateau, go find the nearest gym, join it, get in the weights room. Mm. And I think that's a really good point you made. I think that it is fantastic, Sarah, for you to start working out uh, at home now. Uh, as Matt said, it's going to build your confidence. It's going to build a habit of getting uh, moving again. You can utilize your 18-month-old baby who I'm sure weighs a good few kilos by now. So uh, you utilize uh, him or her as well. Hold him or her during your squats, during your lunges, things like that. So you can uh, utilize that at home while you're there at this time. But as Matt said, eventually, yes, you will you will find that you'll hit some sort of plateau and going to the gym is good. But remember, don't panic about the thought of going to the gym because we're not talking about really long times uh, in the gym. We're not talking about every day a week. Well, this goes back to the episode that Courtney and I did about the best exercise mm. for weight loss. I'd refer back to that episode and have a bit of a listen. But yeah, sooner or later, Sarah, go and hit the gym. You're going to need it for best possible results. Uh, I strongly suggest a good pair of headphones to uh, to go with that gym membership. And I think, uh, I think that's a wrap, Courtney. Now, if someone wants to email us, where can they reach us? They can reach us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yep, that is correct. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Any questions or feedback, hit us up there. And on that note, I think we are going to call it a show. Hopefully this time next week, we will be a bit more popular than the 1800th (laughs) best health and fitness podcast on the interweb. So Courtney, well done. High five. Another good episode in the books. Hope this has helped. We obviously hope this has helped you and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.